everyone. Welcome back to the Reluctant Cruise, a rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is. No, Brian. stop! You can't can't say anymore. You get banned. Welcome back to the Rubber Boy Fights Pirate Show. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Brian, and so far he can still speak, I believe. Uh, Steve. To quote Arnold Schwarzenegger, "You're one ugly motherfucker." To the predator. That that is a bit of a tangent, but okay, yeah. <laughs> the rumor has it I'm the other one, Clinton, or slash, as some may say. I don't have any quotes. I can't beat that, man. Fuck, <laughs> fuck Donald Trump. It's a good quote. I like that. Or alternatively, if you feel too spicy and you want to do that, wait a minute. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Bleach. Whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> or if you leave those both in, that's going to be just a really awkward segue. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Steve, what's your opinion on Bleach? I haven't seen it, but I know it's kind of like this guy with a sword, and uh, that's pretty much all I know about Bleach. Neutral lens positive, that's two to one. I don't think we can say actually, either. Maybe we've all cursed this podcast. I've heard it's kind of like it does some weird shit with some filler, but... The filler is very fucking weird. They introduce vampires for no reason. Well, I'm actually pretty surface level on Bleach. I will expose my own balls right here. I just know, like, the precepts of it, and I know that, unfortunately, the creator got very tired of it because he's more of an artist than a writer. And that is unfortunate, but sometimes that's just how it'd be on this bitch of an earth. Character designs do look cool. For a lot of those intros, but I digress back to whatever the rubber boy shit is we're talking about. Yeah, I think just to keep it from going back to rubber boy, I think most people are of the opinion that like the first season, or maybe it might be considered the second season of the anime is the best of Bleach. But anyways, um, yeah. So talking about filler, as we were just doing... That's what it feels like when you're watching your favorite anime and all of a sudden something kind of just starts to happen and you're like, why is this happening all of a sudden? Then you just kind of get back on topic. Full Metal Alchemist has filler? Yeah, it was the entire first anime and it was great. Best filler of all time. Damn. Actually, that might be true if you would consider that. Pickle driving a car. Yo. Man. All right. No, I t- yeah. No, it's a good counter. But yeah. So uh, it's been a, it's been a fucking week. The, it is Saturday, January 9th. And there was an attempted coup in the United States of America on Wednesday. I miss the old 2020. Straight from the gold 2020. Justin Timberlake's album, 2020 experience i think gold experience let's just keep fucking making all these diversions mm. see i was gonna bounce back just saying people are mean for saying because apparently kanye is getting divorced that damn when's the album that's gonna draw from this gonna happen hey man fucking but at the same time i don't know 
My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is probably his best album, which came after. The, yeah, that came out like the Taylor Swift Grammys thing, and he's like, "All right, I guess I got to go to fucking Hawaii and record this album." Back from the commercial break on hype music facts cast because can't talk about One Piece anymore. I mean, Rubber Boy. <laughs> I've had a nice Luffy, for post production. Luffy D. Boucher. Sorry, I was making a water boy joke, but that, that connected too far over. He can't go in the water. Yeah, so he's rubber boy. Ah, uh, I got it now. Monkey D. Boucher. <sighs> yeah. This is this is bad. This is a bad bit. You know, maybe it's worth it for whatever that last episode was. The first two, because I woke up three hours later than I had planned today. Mm -hmm. So I'd already watched most of the first episode that we're going to be talking about, which I'm going to be talking about in a little bit. But it's like, okay, these I actually have to pay attention to. And then I get to the third one, and I'm just like walking around, setting up everything else because nothing fucking happened in that third episode we're going to be talking about. It's like, oh, let me put this microphone stand here. Steve, here's some XLR cables. Let's see if we can set this up. Oh, this little girl is still talking about something. There's no little girls in One Piece. It's all women. Actually, now that I think about it, there's very little... You know what? No, let me run this back. It's, gonna go... it's just not going to go anywhere. <laughs> like filler. There you go. That's your lesson for the week, kids. Anyway. So... You want to talk about One Piece? Until we get banned for it. Why the hell not? Let's go. Okay. Episode 52. Buggy's Revenge. The man who smiles on the execution platform. Luffy looks out on Logetown from high up on the platform. He's ordered down by a Genzo lookalike, but that man is beaten by Buggy's ally. You see that woman from before with her hat, her kind of flowing coat behind her, and this giant iron club. And wouldn't you know it, they finally decide to say who the fuck this is. It is Iron Club Alveda from the very first episode of the anime. And for some reason, and this is in my notes, she is really horny for Luffy after he beat the shit out of her. I just, I don't get it. I asked Steve... I technically ask both of you if this is going to be one of those shows where a bunch of like hot women are just going around lusting after the main character who's a complete dumbass and oblivious to it. Yes, 100%. You know, this isn't even the worst one. <laughs> yeah, good to know. It's just, damn, for Luffy? My man. So, the police show up and try to take the woman and Luffy in. Technically, I skipped like a minute or two into the reveal of this being Alveda, but like we said in the last episode, it's been kind of obvious. Everyone is just like magically charmed by her. I'm assuming it's magic or maybe it's just lust that everyone like, has hard eyes looking at her. Maybe it's her. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe. But yeah, so that's when Buggy shows up and he launches one of his buggy balls sets a giant explosion 
and all of this debris slides past the woman without touching her, even though it should have theoretically crushed her. Which I'm assuming has to do... I don't know why I said I'm assuming, because they literally say in the next beat. But that is a part of her devil fruit powers, which somehow also made her skinny, which I don't understand, I'll be honest, but I'm just going to accept it as I feel will be happening in most of this show. So she had ate the, I believe in Japanese, it's the, was it the Sube Sube no Mi? Yeah. Smooth fruit. In the Viz manga translation, I think they say smooth, smooth fruit. In the Funimation dub, they said slip, slip or something like that because everything is slipping away past her. Buggy throws off his cloak and starts to monologue like every good villain does. And luckily for him, he has that syndrome moment from The Incredibles where he realizes that he's monologuing. He's like, wait a minute. Why am I talking to you about Buggy's grand adventure? Making a reference back to his own short half-canon, half-filler arc. It's real if he mentions it. The crowd tries to escape. And that is when the buggy pirates come to hold them hostage. Pirates come out of nowhere. Kabaji jumps down from like the top of a building or something. Slams down into Luffy to trap him. And you know, he asks about, hey, where's Zoro? The acrobat puts Luffy into like a stockade that's up on top of the platform. So we cut away from that and we see Nami, whose instincts were correct because you can start to see this giant storm start to roll in out from off on the ocean and she tells the rest of the crew like hey there's the storm coming we need to get ready to leave because Zoro also has this bad feeling of like hey something isn't right and I can't find Luffy and I think those two are kind of connected a panic starts to ensue all throughout of Logetown because the combined might of Buggy and Alvita are terrorizing the town square. So all of the townspeople are running. The rest of the Straw Hat crew learns about Buggy and Alvita being there to execute Luffy. And Smoker prepares for battle and he plans out his attack on this square. So Smoker is contemplating Luffy's worth when he thinks about how Luffy is kind of just like the rest of the pirates, in his mind anyways, because he's he had said, oh, I want to be the king of the pirates, and he had seemed so self-confident. But once he hears that, you know, he's been captured pretty easily by Buggy and his men, like, oh, he's not special. He's just another guy, another pirate that is going to be cut down. So Smoker tells his men to hold off on attacking the pirates because if the Straw Hat pirates are being targeted by Buggy and Alvita, they might as well just let the pirates fight each other and thin their ranks before moving in to clean up. So we cut back to Luffy in the square and he's trapped and Luffy somehow is still very excited. He's like, oh boy, I've never seen an execution before. Happy-go-lucky as Buggy's about to kill him and Buggy responds back with, oh, you're about to. Luffy's like, no, 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 stop playing. Just let me go. And Nami leads Usopp to the ship so that they can save from the approaching storm and Marines because Nami is smart enough to realize, hey, if they go out and destroy the ship while all this is happening, 
we're never going to escape and we're definitely just going to be captured by all these marines or buggy and his crew meanwhile back in the mary you see moji and richie are just there and they're planning to destroy the ship because buggy sent them on ahead as a contingency plan we cut back to the town square and you see luffy just giving I wouldn't even say like a half-hearted apology. He has like zero heart in this whatsoever. And he's saying, oh, I'm sorry for disgracing you. Whatever he says, the very most bland and deadpan delivery of his quote-unquote apology to Buggy. And that kind of just pisses him off even more. And when Buggy asks for Luffy's last words, Luffy screams, I'm the man that'll be king of the pirates. And that one proclamation spreads out throughout the entire town somehow with all of the townspeople held hostage in the square listening taking in his words the rest of the straw hats off on their own hearing this too so does smoker so buggy gets his sword ready to strike down luffy when zoro and sanji appear and the pair fight their way to the platform try and bring it down to save luffy i don't think we've ever fully described what it looks like when sanji fights but it's kind of like a mix of breakdancing as he fights half of the time. Yeah, so you see Sanji getting his kicks in. You see Zoro cutting stuff down. And Zoro is specifically determined to get to the platform so he can try to cut it down somehow. Which I know Mihawk would theoretically be able to do that because we saw him cut a ship at, like in half in one stroke. It's hard for me to fully imagine Zoro being able to cut down a giant platform but if there's ever a man to do it it'd probably be this one out of just sheer tenacity put a pin in that thought for a few years from now so just remember this moment i probably won't but it's on record so there's just this one point where luffy calls out to the crew and he says sorry but i'm dead and he just gets this widest smile like he's being jokerfied and just accepting his death. And Buggy swings the sword down. And wouldn't you know it, just the instant right before it should make contact with Luffy's neck, lightning out of nowhere comes down and strikes the sword and Buggy and the platform. And the platform goes up in flames and just comes crashing down as it starts to rain all around and these strong gusts are coming and that storm has finally arrived as if to save Luffy with a bit of divine intervention. So the smoke starts to clear from the collapse of this platform. You see one single straw hat floating down to the ground and you see a hand reach out and grab it. And it is Luffy, and he puts it on his head, and he's like, oh, cool, I'm still alive. And you see this entire crowd of low-town citizens and buggy pirates with the strongest Odo faces that we've seen yet. And everyone is just like, what the fuck just happened? He's still alive. And that is when Smoker decides to launch his attack, and you see all of his marines enter the square, and they're fighting the buggy pirates the citizens are running around and escaping and that is when the straw hats decide that hey we've got to make a break for it so they're off running 
and Smoker thinks to himself, he smiles just like Gold Roger did 22 years ago. He fully accepted his death and laughed at it. Smoker, thinking that the rest of his plan had already happened, is like, oh, well, it's not going to escape anyways. And that is when one of his subordinates says, actually, sir, um, with all the sudden rain, we weren't actually able to burn down the ship. And Smoker's just like, what? And they're like, yeah, but we sent off another detachment of Marines to go and destroy it. And that's when Smoker realized, oh, they can escape. So he rallies his men to, I mean, they're still fighting the buggy pirates and stuff like that, but he switches his main priority to capturing the straw hats before they can escape. Smoker mentions like, wait a minute, this wind is blowing west towards the Grand Line which means that they're going to have a tailwind to give them a good boost to make their escape. He's just like, no, we, we've really got to go now. And this mysterious cloaked figure is running around, talking about being excited about the winds, and then we see a zoom in to this man's face, and he has a bunch of facial tattoos. And that is where the episode ends. Thoughts? Some good stuff. I like it. Um, this is probably one of my favorite episodes just of Loke Town, just because it's like, it's the climax of it. It's almost like, oh, we're about to get the hell out of here and head to the Grand Line. We're finally done with um, East Blue. So it's a good time. Uh, a lot of action. I love the action in this. And I always love a good appearance of Oda Faces. So... Where I can see some Oda faces, I'm even happier. There's a fantastic image that I like to have. Maybe it will show up on our social media someday. Or I like to share. The uh, the Oda faces are coming out of like each mouth and like a weird mirror effect. So there's like one giant mouth. I don't know why I'm hand motioning this. We don't record this video. We're all on video tonight. It's a good night. 2021 technology. So imagine like one mouth, and then there's another mouth inside it, and another mouth inside it, but each mouth is a different mouth. It's a great dumb meme image. Anyway, yeah, no, this is a fun episode. Finally some development. I know we capped off our last little adventure recap with some semi-filler episodes, like we were saying. Yeah, it's nice to see everything come together. Rogue Town is a, a fun transitional arc, and it's nice to finally get their i guess calls to action or finally get the action happening yeah i don't know what the explanation is for alvita losing her weight by the way because she just kind of is like oh yeah you punched me and i ate a fruit and now i'm here and i'm like hot suddenly or quote unquote hot so that's a little weird the thing with that is she always just believed she was hot anyways right like yeah maybe she ate the manifesting fruit or whatever the kids are saying these days now like, she just, she says, oh, man, I can't believe it got rid of my freckles, but otherwise, the only thing that happened to me was nothing can touch me. Right, maybe Luffy's having a Mandela effect moment. I don't know. You decide. But, you know, fun episode. Also, though we will touch more on this character on the next little uh, episode recap, the cloak worn by the mysterious figure at the end is also very similar to the cloaks that Buggy and his gang wear when they're wandering through the town before they make their grand 
reveal at the town square and they rip the cloaks off but i mean brown cloaks aren't super unique it just kind of happens to be coincidental a point that we will i'll touch on much later just remember the rain right now but anyway um yeah no one episode more to happen next yeah i guess he's gonna tell it next me yeah me you don't have any uh comment on the the episode I already told the comments on my episode. Or Steve went first. Are we are we all losing it tonight? It's it's the Jeff Collins's, I guess. <laughs> Shout out Jeff Collins. Do you have any thoughts on it, Ryan? My thought is, holy shit, Oda faces. That is right because you talked about the Oda faces. That is right. Yeah. You guys probably can't see it, but I'm Oda facing right now. He's not. He is a liar. Shh. Slash is Oda facing. Uh, yes. Speaking of Oda, Oda would be proud as next episode. Episode 53. The legend has started. Head for the Grand Line. Here we are. Rogue Town. Our cloaked figure. He's walking through Rogue Town. Footsteps. What's more cobblestone, but like, yeah, you get the idea. Anyways, our cloaked figure is walking through Rogue Town, and he just kind of seems to accept Luffy's proclamation of Pirate King. Like, he doesn't really question it or anything else. So, then we pan back to Buggy Pirates, and they're regrouping to make their escape. They're trying to go after Luffy. And make sure he doesn't leave Rogue Town. Or if he does, he's leaving in a body bag. Buggy, somehow, someway, turns himself into a go-kart. And Lady Alvida launches herself from a ramp with her ski feet. Because of her slip-slip fruit. Yeah, her, her feet are fucking massive. So clearly that didn't change from eating the fruit. This is what created all the feet people on the internet. Uh, As they start going off... They're going out. They're going down the road. They're like, see y'all motherfuckers, we're out to catch some actual pirates. Well, guess what? Smoker's not having this bullshit. So he stops both of them and captures all the pirates at once with his devil fruit powers. Then we pan back to Usopp and Nami. And they're still sprinting towards the ship. And Moji and Richie are, they're trying to light a match, but they keep being unsuccessful. Like, I don't think Moji was ever a Boy Scout or any kind of scout at all, because he can't light a match. And Usopp comes up. He's like, stop. Ooh, should we stop Richie or what? Usopp launches his fresh egg star, which somehow, some way, Distracts Richie because he's hungry. Marines show up and fire at Moji, who somehow manages to dodge. He's dodging on his bullets. Not quite as graceful as Neo from the Matrix, but it'll do. But what's this? Smoker's got an ATV. Now Smoker's making his way to the ship. He's, I gotta stop these motherfuckers. Before we get there, we pan over to Luffy, Zoro, and Sanji, and they're making their great escape. It reminds me of that movie, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Because there's three guys, and uh, they're all making an escape. 
but not really because it's weird because that movie takes in like 1920s America. So, you know, I actually haven't seen that movie. You also, know, it's like the Three Amigos. The Three Amigos, the Three Caballeros. Isn't that movie kind of like talking about Oh Brother Work, though? Isn't that kind of like a semi retelling of the Odyssey? Yeah, it has something to do with Homer and shit like that. I don't quite remember, but yeah, it's it's pretty similar kind of shit, so it's kind of funky. But anyways, we come across Tashigi, and she's standing right in the way of Luffy, Zoro, and Sanji. She is livid. She is on fire because, you know what? She saw Zoro, and Zoro has a Wado Ichimonji. And he was lying low right in front of her face the entire time. And so you probably think she'd be pretty upset. She let this wanted bounty hunter go. Well, as soon as you lose, Sanji and Luffy make a break for it. And Zoro duels Tashigi. And Zoro's like, I hate to disappoint, but you'll never get this sword from me. Because that's the sword he got from his friend when he was a child who died, unfortunately. And they're kind of talking while they're battling, kind of like normal fights do, I guess. But then Tashiki is at off because she's like, I'm handicapped because I'm a woman. And she's like, I'll never be as great as a swordman. And Zoro's like, shut up. You can become whatever you want. And screw the handicaps. They should make you stronger. So get over it. Quit whining and bitching and do your work. Damn it. Kind of being a really, uh, a big motivational speaker, I would say. He's like, yeah, don't wallow in your own self-pity. Do something about it. And with that, we come back to Smoker, who's chasing after Luffy. And Smoker stops Luffy. And Sanji, she keeps running. And Smoker's like, you won't make it to the Grand Line without beating me. And then we pan to Nami and Usopp. And they're ready to set sail. They're like, they're as giddy as hell. They don't want the ship destroyed. Because at this point, the waves are pretty gnarly. They look kind of like typhoon waves. It's pretty, it's pretty upsetting. Here they see Sanji's running up on him. And so seeing that Sanji's about to be under overrun, Usopp does this extremely brave or extremely stupid. It's up to you guys to decide what you want. And he jumps off to the ship into the water, which lets him shoot some of the Marines. In turn, saves Sanji. Then we pan back to Smoker. Smoker's powers seem extremely overwhelming for Luffy, a very physical fighter. So with uh, Smoker's powerful smoke, Luffy can't do anything. And then there's this quote from our mysterious figure. The world is still waiting for our answer. Here comes all these green winds. And what might be a devil fruit power? All the bad guys are swooped up and put in a pile and taken aback by all this this massive power from this random figure. And Luffy runs off and is just like all chill about it. He meets up with 
Usopp, Sanji, and Zoro. And they're like, oh man, the boat's left. We gotta make it onto it. And Luffy starts running the opposite direction. Grabs a hold of a pole or a bench or something like that. And he pulls himself and he's like, Gamu Gamu no Rocket. And he rockets himself forward. And at this point, everyone's like, oh no. And he launches himself forward. And he snags up everybody. And he goes sailing back on towards the merry-go. Effectively escaping the hands of both the government and Buggy the pirates. Or Buggy's pirates. So just as they're uh, catapulting away, we pan back to Smoker. He seems pretty convinced of all these parallels between Luffy and Roger. Then... We pan back to the cloaked man, Dragon, says that they aren't meant to stand in Luffy's way. They're not. They're just a small inconvenience. They're not a hurdle in Luffy's pursuit to become King of the Pirates. And so he kind of grins and he's like, ah. And then we pan back to Smoker and Toshigi and there's... And they're set on abandoning their post to follow the Straw Hats. And what do you know? Buggy's also doing the same. And it's all getting down to it. Buggy's taking off. They're all taking off on ships. They're trying to go after Luffy. It's like a great race almost. However, here we go. Back to the merry-go. And what do you see? The Straw Hats are all on board. The waves are crashing. They shout out, there's a lighthouse. That's the start of the Grand Line. I think it's Nami. Yeah, I think it's Nami. But, you know, that's where they start. They're like, we're at the start of the Grand Line. It's just on the other side. And so here they have this like roundish table. It's not a table, but it's like a part of the ship. And so... They all gather around it, and they're just so excited to have made it to the Grand Line, finally. And Sanji puts his foot up on the table, for lack of better terms, and says, I'm going to find the All Blue. Next is Luffy, like, oh, I'm going to be the King of the Pirates. Zoro puts his foot up there. He's like, I'm going to be the greatest swordsman in the world. And Nami's like, I'm going to make a map. Of the entire world. And then Usopp kind of shakingly is like, I'm going to be the bravest warrior in the sea. And so at that, they proclaim their life's goals. They finally set sail for the Grand Line. What's going to happen next? What tales are there going to be? And that effectively ends episode 53. What y'all thinking? Man, double fruit powers are weird. Damn right. I'm still mostly thinking about Alvita's very large, uh, startling feet. Yep. Smoker's powers are pretty fucking powerful, considering he was able to get all of those people at once. I want to know who the fuck that dude dragon is. But I have a feeling that's not going to come back for a very long time. <sighs> Don't we all? I say that because while at this point I am based on what is current, we do know more about Dragon. 
but I'm not gonna lie, he has not got a lot of screen time. I still think he's pretty cool in this episode, though, as like mystery guy. Um, we're technically done with Rogue Town, even though there's more story to tell for the night. But fun escape for them, and I actually wish I could draw more hints about Dragon because he's kind of like the in focus and what helps them escape. We will find out why he does a little bit sooner than later, I think. But episode. And I don't think there are any other standout points. It is pretty straightforward in terms of what happens. I mean, the ones before where actual full canon things are happening, everyone was wandering around the town, but now this is where everyone comes together, more or less, quite literally in the middle of the town. But I guess I will take it away with our next chunk, unless you all have any more thoughts. Okay. So... Earlier, we were making jokes about filler. Right now, the reason I said put a pin in the idea that it's raining is because when they leave the Grand Line, they do their little goals on the boat. Like, what are we out here to do? You know, like, what are we trying to accomplish? And they pass the lighthouse. It is still raining. You know, like, it's kind of storming and they're getting out of town. I don't know if Dragon has the power to affect the weather, but I think there's a mild invitation. Like, he came to town and all this crazy shit started happening. Anyway, enough about cool people. We leave our heroes and pick up in the next episode, which, by the way, episode 54, I believe I'm counting right. Foreboding of a new adventure, the puzzling girl Apis. Yes, that's right. We are in a filler episode. So because this is the end of East Blue, there's a tiny chunk of filler. And for now, we're just going to give it a shot. Most of the filler, as we've kind of teased before in One Piece, is well-placed, I would say, at least, in that it tends to happen at the big of or excuse me, at the finish of bigger arcs. So like we're done with East Blue right now, so this little filler bit is happening. So we'll see how it goes. If we get the urge to just say screw it and do it all, then cool. But I know that at a certain point, or at a certain point when I was still originally consuming all of One Piece, even I didn't end up keeping up with all the filler. I think I kept up with almost all of it before the time skip. But there hasn't been much filler in the post-time skip. I guess, after the time skip. So, we'll see what the future holds. Anyway, but, so this new episode picks right up, gives the exact same scene almost of Straw Hats doing their little promises on the ship, and then we cut away to that. On this same rainy night, there's a there's a marine ship that is kind of seen off in the distance. Not quite near the Straw Hats, but it just totally pans away. And there's a girl who is almost wearing what looks to be the same outfit as, like, the Pope. She's looking out the window in this ship, or this marine ship that she is on, and it is raining. But it's clear very quickly that she's trying to get out of here. She's trying to escape. She's not in shackles or anything, and she doesn't look malnourished. I mean, they were bringing her food, but she tries to get out of the room that they're keeping her in by hiding behind the door when the marine that's delivering her food to her opens it up. Uh, she's kind of klutzy, though, has some trouble, but either way, she's trying to ditch the ship. So there's some back and forth there, but, uh, this little girl, little goofy little girl gets out. Hey, where's she going? Blah, blah, blah. And her klutzy nature obviously very conveniently gives her a bit of a way to escape the ship. She climbs up one of the masts, I believe, and then she starts to cut off ropes of it as they come near her. And she lucks out, and because it's a rainy night, the mast's not having enough rope to hold itself down, crashes into the other ones, and the ship starts going crazy, and she sees a boat that has, like, a little, like, a, a rowing boat that has fallen in the water conveniently, 
and she is able to make a wish on this weird little necklace she's holding and says, Grandpa Ryuji, please protect me. And as she's falling, the ship is kind of tipping over for a little bit. She jumps off, and of course, she survives, at least for the time being. So then we cut away after this to this older, fat-looking Marine guy. I think his name is Commander Nelson, if I got that right in the notes. Yeah, he's like, what What are you idiots doing? This girl is the secret to the, the Dragonite Immortality Elixir. So I didn't, I didn't know that Pokemon could give Immortality Elixirs, but I'm going to just throw that, junk, that joke in the trash now. Um, that being said, no, this creepy old Marine dude is just looking for, apparently, whatever this girl holds the secrets to. And for the love of me, I can't, I don't know why I didn't write it down, but I can't remember his little, his, he's got a sidekick partner, I guess you could say, or his, his number one lackey, I guess you will. It's this guy who's got a crazy gelled up drill haircut and he's got some Jordy glasses on, but I think, what was his name? If you guys can help me, was it like, I don't remember. Time to Google did we actually, did none of us remember Blue? See, okay, this, that's what I'm talking about. We're in a filler arc. We can remember he's got a goofy enough design to be recognizable, but I can't remember his name. Well, anyway, well, Google is helping us out. Commander Nelson is talking to his number one crony, as we will say. And then, what is, what's his name? Eric. Eric? Okay, I was like, yeah, he has a, I remember he had a very generic name. Anyway, so Nelson is talking to Eric. <sighs> anyway, y'all can look this up just for the goofiness of it. And they're just they're just discussing plans like how we're gonna get this and like well let's search the area and wait till the rain stops. Anyway, we cut back to Luffy and all of a sudden it is a conveniently sunny day. Uh assuming it's the next morning, even so. Sun is shining, seagulls are everywhere. Remember the seagulls. And everything is just kind of chill all of a sudden. Uh, Nami is even looking at the map, and she says, "Hey, this like it might take a little longer for us, but we're going to the Grand Line." But in the last episode, you just said that the lighthouse was no, okay. Uh, but yeah, she she's just making a note of that, and even Sanji goes so far out of the way to say, and I think I actually quoted this directly, but he says, "Ah, that storm felt like it was nothing but a dream, cause filler." But Usopp then spies a bunch of birds hovering over what looks to be a boat or just generally birds hovering over something in the distance. And he says, hey, what's that? And then Sanji comes to him that, oh, he thinks it's uh, it's fish. And he's like, oh, yeah, fish either die or are hovering near the surface. That means and birds are there. That means they're trying to pick something off. That means it'd probably be easy for us to get some easy fish. So Luffy's like, okay, cool. And he just shoots his big old rubber fist out there. And he's like, all right, I got something. And Sanji's like, oh, yeah, time for lunch. When Fist pops back, obviously it comically slaps Zoro on the rebound. But as they're picking Zoro back up out of the water from getting knocked out of the boat, they're like, oh yeah, this isn't a fish, it's a girl. They have now rescued our traveler from the marine boat as they found her out there kind of just stranded. So anyway, girl wakes up. She's like, oh, geez, I'm here. And then everyone kind of just acknowledges her like, oh, hello. And Nami starts talking to her and saying like, oh yeah, you made it, it's good. So they have a mild conversation starter, and she makes some introduction. But then um, Nami just very casually blurts out in conversation, oh, yeah, we're pirates, and we're trying to go to the Grand Line, because obviously everyone there knows what's going on, and they're chill about it. So why wouldn't she just openly say that? But then uh, the girl, thankfully, blesses us with another Oda face, and she just freaks the heck out. She's like, wait, these guys are pirates? And then we even get like a nice cut of like her imagination 
of them being evil pirates in their head, and it's kind of cute. But anyway, she's kind of just having a freak out moment, and everyone kind of ignores her, but just like, oh, okay, I guess it'll be fine later. But then we cut to later at night, the girl's at least in like a guest bed they have on the boat. You know, she's having her inner dialogue and thinking like, oh shit, these guys are pirates, like what's going on? How am I going to get out of here? Jump straight from the Marines all the way to pirates. And she obviously, you know, when you pirates in this world, she assumes like Don Krieg, Arlong type people, obviously, you know, those are like their bad perceptions of pirates. But anyway, her stomach starts growling and then she wakes up. She's like, oh, I'm going to get some food. Wouldn't you know it, she makes it to the fridge and boom, there's a giant trap. But it's Luffy who's caught in the giant mouse trap because Sanji knows that he's going to stick his head in the fridge and try to eat meat in the middle of the night. What a thrilling cut of events. Thank you, Sanji. He starts to feed the kid because he realized that the kid hasn't eaten because she was not trusting of the pirates earlier. She thought that they were trying to poison her, so she just didn't want to eat yet. But she comes around. Everything kind of turns out okay. And then she gets we get proper introductions from everyone. She puts some trust in them, and then everyone just kind of wakes up in the morning to uh, more or less a giant explosion because... Now, when things have turned around and they're being nice to her, she tries to be nice to them. And unfortunately, she has burned her breakfast. She's ruined the recipe. She failed all her mini-games of cooking mama. She tries to make breakfast for them in the morning to repay their kindness, but it does not work out at all. And cute scene of everybody eating the food anyway, even though it's disgusting, except for Luffy because he's crazy. He likes it. But we finally come back around. Every, you know, they start to get to know her and, you know, blah, blah, blah. The main thing is that she finally introduces herself and her name is Apis, or Apis, and however you want to use the inflection on it. Uh, and they finally start to ask her, hey, why are you on a Navy ship? But she's a little coy about it, and even Sanji's like, you know what, just leave her alone. Like, she's obviously been through a lot. If she doesn't want to tell us, and she's, you know, not in any harm, let's just leave it be for now. But she's from a place called Warship Island, or as we will call it, Filler Island Number 1. And... Overall, they agree that, hey, we'll take you back there. It is conveniently very close to the Grand Line, where we are now. Everything might just work out okay. But finally, some action starts to pick up, and you see that the Marine ships are starting to come up on the Gwyn Mary. And not only that, but this specific Marine filler ship is called Branch 8, so that's what this girl is running from. So she sees the giant 8 on their flag. Much like Luffy's straw hat Jolly Roger is on his flag. But yeah, she's like, oh shit, it's Branch 8. They're the ones I escaped from. Obviously, they'd be close by. And she's like kind of panicking and thinking, you know, what do we do here? She, like I said, notices. She looks up at one of the birds that's kind of roosting near Nami's tangerine trees. And she stares at it for an awkwardly long minute or two. Well, in terms of time of the show. And she gives them the order to, well, not really the order, but she says, a wind is going to come from the south. You guys should furl your sails. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? But Nami just kind of takes it with face value and says, you know what, guys, just do it. And Branch 8 Marines are moving to get them in full attack range and start to shoot their cannons off at them, etc. You know, they're starting to go off. This girl is like, no, go south. And Nami's like, okay, you guys, set the ship up. We're going to go. And sure enough, in a minute or two, all of a sudden, while the Marines are starting to prepare for another attack, a south wind just picks up out of nowhere and just starts blowing going Mary. And they make it out of there, and they get away from the Marines. So, on the ship is the argument between, uh, you know, I'm just going to call him Blue Hair Man now. 
because I, I already forgot his name. I'm not even going to... Eric. Wait, say it again. Eric. Eric, okay. Um, gosh, okay. No, I don't like that, though. Blue Eric. Yeah, when Blue... When, I'm going to say Blue Eric from now on, because that sounds like it works better. When Blue Eric is arguing with the other Marine captain on the ship, not the Commander Nelson. He, he likes to throw... command. He's one of those guys who... He looks calm and composed and put together, but he's got a temper, but he also likes to throw around superiors' names to like be an awkward flex. But anyway, Eric is just talking to the captain on the ship, and he's like, no, 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 we should do this, or oh, I want to tell Nelson. But the captain is like, you know what, I can't follow them. And the reason why is because he knows that they're headed for what is known as the Calm Belt. And there's a bit of an argument back and forth between Eric and the Marine, command, or Marine captain on the ship, but yeah, it ends... Their, their little section there ends with them just kind of hashing it out, but uh, the captain's just saying, look, I'll even take the hit for it this time, or, you know, I'll take the punishment, but we I'm not going to sacrifice my men swimming into the combo. Um, anyway, we come back to Straw Hats, and they're okay for the moment, but you see everything is kind of flat, and even Zoro's just kind of standing there, filling it out almost like he's meditating, but he looks around and he's like, Nami, I noticed something for a second now. Literally nothing's moving. And Nami's like, huh. And then she has this double-take type of moment where she seems to be flipping her shit because, yep, apparently we are in the combat, and that is where it's to be continued drops. So what did y'all think of this first piece of filler that we've come across? Official filler. What? There was an episode? Holy shit. It's just... It's just... Out of my fucking mind. Already. Yeah. Oh. Just... Is this one of the better pieces of filler, at least? No. Not in my opinion. There is a specific filler I want us to watch that does it's just fun, but... There's a weird filler that's still part of, like, the arc that I think we should watch. But... I thought we watched that already. Was that not no, the buggy one? No, or... there's... There's one later on. Um... Once we get into the grand line after it's like the third arc or something, but yeah. Wait, you might be talking about the same one I'm talking about. We'll, we'll get there later. There's because if it's the one you're talking about, half of that is real and half of that is filler. So that one also doesn't come out of nowhere. The first half of it is not filler. There's a quarter of it that's filler, then the other quarter, or whatever the first part is. Okay, I think you're talking about what I think you're talking about. So when we get there, yeah, that's fine if we do all that. But anyway, yeah, this is uh, it's very much filler, very cliche, it's kind of simple. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of filler, so I was kind of like just watching this, side-eyeing it, like, oh, I, I watched it, but... <laughs> so I haven't seen this episode, but I've definitely seen parts of this filler arc multiple times before. Because our friend Stefan uh, went through and caught up to One Piece like in like s six months or some shit and watched all of the series. He liked to fall asleep watching it. And when I was like just crashing at his house on his couch, I was just like, well, it's still going. And then he'd wake up and like, oh man, I need to catch that up again and start watching the same episodes again. It's like, okay. So I'm pretty sure I know, I talked to Steve about this before the recording, it's like, is there 
insert this mythical creature here. Pretty sure there is. And then I saw that dude with the weird hair. I'm blanking on the name, even though I'm going, Eric. Eric. It's like, no, I'm sure I've seen this. I'm sure this mythical creature is going to come up, but like, what the fuck? Ah, man, this is, this is definitely a filler episode. Oh, heck yes. Yeah, it's, I don't hate it. It's not as offensive as it could be. I, I will say I have kind of a soft spot for the idea of One Piece filler. This mostly comes from the concept of there were a few older One Piece video games I played. There's a very specific one called Unlimited World, and it was on the Wii. And I think One Piece hypothetically works a little better than, say, like, I don't know, filler in another Big Shonen or filler in another one. Like, just filler in other anime in general because... So much of filler is just like, well, this is happening, but it's happening way too close to like the proximity of other things, like geographic wise. But with One Piece, it's kind of easier to pan off. Like, man, there's a big old ocean out here, and this is kind of a big island world. So who's to say where they did and didn't stop along their journey? It becomes easier to suspend disbelief. I would say I don't think that makes the quality of the filler any better in some cases. But yeah, it's definitely filler. But I think it's cool that we get to see a bit of the calm belt here. If there's, I think we get an explanation at some point beyond here. Mm-hmm. But and I think we've got like a touch on it before as far as how the Grand Line works. But little parts that at least flush out the geography and how things like that work in this world, I think are cool. So we'll learn more about the calm belt next time. But I think I thought that was at least a cool point that that got brought in now versus possibly later, I think. But yeah, not really much else to say. We'll we'll plod through this one for now. We'll kind of have fun with it, and we'll see how the rest go in the future. But hooray, little dragon girl, and she talks to birds. Told you, Steve. He said it too. Mm-hmm. Damn, you got me. The creature I was referring to, and they did say Dragonite multiple times, so that could have been a bigger hint, was in fact a dragon. Not only that, but leading back, because we talked about another man named Dragon. Uh, earlier, it was mentioned that his dragon has some stuff on his, his tattoos. So instead of that girl with the dragon to tattoo shit, we got Dragon with the man tattoos, because he's tatted up. Damn. Okay, well, I think that's it for us today. Steve, what do you have to plug? First off, I want to say... Congrats to Oda Sensei for his thousandth chapter of One Piece, which is quite a momentous uh, occasion. So, if you're reading it, go read the thousandth chapter, or better yet, start getting a read through all thousand chapters. Either or. But that's just me plugging One Piece. Plugging myself, I have that bird app. And you want to know who doesn't have a bird app anymore? Number 45, people, that man is gone. They all said, fuck his ass, and he's now gone. So goodbye, number 45. Now he's on Parlor. Oh, shit, that's even worse. The fuck is Parlor? Someone tell me now before this ends. I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know. It's a social media platform similar to Twitter that is mostly used by the quote-unquote alt-right. Yeah, so don't be a piece of shit and don't use Parlor. But for me, I still have a bird app. You can find me at Steve Horniak, S-T-E-V-E-H-O-R-N-Y-A-K. You can find me, I think it's, I think my handle name is like Oda Sensei the Goat, 
So, how about you, Clinton? Uh, for me, I also have Bird. Um, also on his Twitter, I, you can find me at, at Robling. Uh, I've been taking a little bit of a streaming break for a while, trying to figure some stuff out with it. Mostly, I'm actually just trying to make sure I don't get a bunch of DMCA claims on my account, because apparently Twitch is just having a whole fun time right now with that so that's something i'm looking into but i'm also just kind of relaxing at the start of the new year so we'll see what happens in terms of next stream but my twitch stuff gets posted on twitter too so just follow me there for good times other than that yeah no congrats to oda on a thousand chapters and still keeping this ship alive that's pretty wild all things aside so yeah and then as, as we say this at the beginning of 2021 we'll see we'll see where things go i am i am excited anyway good time i will take a break from what they're saying and say curse you oda i can't believe you have written 1000 chapters this uh this blight on my life now i've uh i think i'd said before i've grown accustomed to it if not absolutely loving it there's definitely stuff to there's good stuff in it it's mostly an issue of i didn't want to spend the time to watch one piece but here we are we're watching one piece uh you can <laughs> you can find me on most social media platforms with the handle at el tubacabra that's e l t u b a c a b r a you can find the show on twitter with the handle at reluctant cruise you can find us on instagram with the handle reluctant cruise podcast and if you want, you can email us at reluctantcruise at gmail.com. That's pretty much it. Have fun on that cruise. Black Lives Matter. Fuck the fascists. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald drank a jeff collins it got better the longer it sat a 12 pack of natterday no you it's it's a tom collins but instead of gin you do everclear see i can actually do that right now because these i have not yet dropped off these bottles of everclear at kyle's house he said wait till it's safe i was like you know what you're not even wrong you bought those 13 months ago i did I checked. They don't expire for quite a while. But it was safe before then. Yeah, I just didn't hand it off to him. Because we assumed we were going to use them for my birthday. <laughs> uh, shit. I had told him that. He's like, wait, just save it for your birthday if you're going to have it at his house. And I had already asked that like a month and a half before that. Which was like February when things were fine. And then at that point, I was like, do we just bring him over anyway?
He's like, no, I don't want you to drive all the way to El Segundo just to do this. It's like, it's not like we're going to use them just me and, well, talking for him, he said it's not like me and are going to use them on our own, so. They wanted them to fuck around, slash Jeff was apparently going to make tenor but now they just sit in my room waiting. Oh, that's on recording now, too. Nice. hope that's not going in. I used to have no back. And then I gained a back. He has no back. He has no spine. Do I know who else doesn't have a spine? Luffy? A bunch of other yeah, people. Does he? Bunch of other people. Well, I don't know. Does he have a spine? He's rubbery, but he, he still has a Hypothetically, spine. You've never seen his bones. It's like a slinky as spine is, except it's like rubber. Oh, I guess. I don't know. Ugh. Who's to say? I don't know. Oda.